Welcome back to the Renegade Motherhood podcast for moms who are ready to ignite their physical and mental wellness and get more joy and purpose both in and out of motherhood. I'm Jen Morris, and I'm your host. And uh, today I am doing my fourth and final short little installment on shit I wish someone had told me about childbirth and postpartum. I talked about how your gut changes, your brain changes. I talked about postnatal depletion. And the last one, um, and this is one that has continued to kind of go viral and take off when I talk about this on social, is that postpartum depression is not exclusive to the first six months after childbirth. All right, so... In Australia, they have found that the peak incidence of postnatal depression is actually four years after the child is born, not in the first six months, which was previously thought to be the highest incidence of depression. I talked about postpartum depletion and that you can, you know, you can be depleted without having postpartum depression, and you can also feel depressed or anxious without fitting a clinical definition of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And I think that's important to understand because you might be like, well, I don't know that I really am on the far end of the scale, but I know I'm not feeling good and I'm feeling lonely and sad and having trouble, but I'm not necessarily like going to see anybody or get support around it because I don't know that I'm like as bad as others, right? I think we we do that a lot to ourselves. But the reality is one in nine women in the US experience postpartum depression. That can be as high as one in five in certain states. The source of that is the CDC. And I would venture to wonder like, you know, is that just that they're looking in this like kind of six month range? And are the numbers actually a lot higher than that because they're not they're not tracking or looking beyond, you know, that first year maybe of childbirth. Now, this is problematic for so many reasons. First of all, we are basing norms on clinical standards, right? So we're saying, well, you know, we believe that postpartum depression really is going to happen if, if you get it, it's gonna happen in your first six months post-childbirth. And so we're not screening after six months anymore. We're not continuing to have postpartum women come in on a regular basis for well visits and and recovery visits, right? And then we are shaming moms for continuing to feel off, not good, tired, depressed, anxious, overwhelmed for months or years later. We're also normalizing it. Instead of saying, well, there could be something going on because you never fully recovered, because your gut changed, because your brain changed, because you're depleted. Instead, we're normalizing it and saying, well, this is just part of being a mom in today's America. And then it's like, well, what, you haven't recovered? You you aren't back into your, you know, pre-pregnancy genes? You're not running marathons already yet? You're not, you know, whatever. (laughs) Or, or, oh, you can't have a career and raise your kids and do it on your own without help. And so we're shaming moms for whatever their decisions are because we're basing it on these norms of what it looks like to be a successful mother in America. The other thing is that, you know, depression is not always chemical. It can be situational. And I think um, I'll talk in future episodes more about like the identity crisis I went through when I became a mom that I wasn't really prepared for. And all of a sudden it's like, you can't just walk out the door. There's always, you are always thinking like a mom and that can create anxiety, that can create depression. And I think lastly, you know, postpartum depression and maternal depression can look differently for different people. So it's going to manifest itself differently. And I think, again, this kind of goes back to why we often are like, well, but I'm, I'm able to get out of bed in the morning. And I feel like, you know, it's normal to feel this way and that way. And it's normal to feel sad. And so we're kind of like talking ourselves out of the fact that we maybe have depression or anxiety because we don't want to fit in that. We don't want because there's there's stigma around that. 
and because we're comparing it to maybe other stories that we've heard of maybe more severe cases. But it can look differently. For some people, it can be that it's really hard to get out of bed. You know, for other people, it can be just having no, you know, motivation to do something, having not finding joy in things you used to find joy in, um, you know, not having the, like just the energy to fold laundry, but also like being so tired and not being able to sleep. You know, all of those can be different, you know, different subsets of, of depression or anxiety. Now, again, disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I am not a licensed mental health professional. Um, I have been in a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of the work. I have consulted, you know, a lot of professionals in these conversations. When I've had these ideas, I really like to talk it out. And of course I've researched, but again, some of this is, is my opinion, right? But my point with this series of things I wish I knew (laughs) is because Again, it's stuff I didn't know about. And when I would go through and fill in those little things about, you know, postpartum depression, I I never did feel like, thank God, I'm so grateful. I never felt like I wanted to end my life. I never had, you know, suicidal ideation or anything like that. And I was able to get out of bed when my kid was crying and things like that. And so I thought, well, I must not have postpartum depression if those are the things. I did find a lot of joy, you know, in my in being a mother and my baby. And, and, and yet I also was like really overwhelmed and really exhausted and really angry and frustrated and, and sad sometimes. And so I don't know, did I fit the clinical depression of postpartum depression? I'm not sure, but I know for me, I was not, I was not doing well and I was masking it because I didn't want to be the one that couldn't figure it out, that wasn't coping and I didn't really want to have like that diagnosis on my record because there's a lot of stigma around that too. So I say this because I think it's so important for moms, for women, for humans to talk about this. Um, we are doing a better job of it now, but maternal depression, maternal anxiety, just in general, maternal health, like feelings, <laughs> right? Just having feelings about it we're sort of led to be like, well, don't complain because this is what you wanted, right? Or no one told you motherhood was going to be easier. What did you expect when like all these things? And it's like, it's just this, this shame of like, it's not okay to feel how you feel. It's not okay for it to be hard. It's not okay to have a bad day. And it, that's not helpful. None of that is helpful to hear and to be told. So I'm here to tell you it is okay to have a bad day. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to feel like I know I need help and I don't even know where to start because I felt that way too, not knowing really how to start, not knowing how to talk about it, not knowing what people would think if I did share about it, even talking about this on this podcast, you know, like this is very me being very vulnerable and transparent. Um, But I know that there's also like power in my story and that I am fortunate enough that I can now look back and, and know so much more than I did when I was in it. And if that helps one person, that is worth it. And um, if you know somebody who is early on in their fertility pregnancy experience, please let them know about these. Not to scare. This, this is not to like put fear. It's really to equip more people to understand that like there is a lot that changes and there are so many things that we need to like understand beyond how to change diaper, how to sleep train, how to you know, breastfeed, there's, there's so much more nuance to that. And I think the more, at least, you know, again, the more self-compassion and the more resources you have to help you on your journey. I'm going to get into a lot more of that in the next few episodes. Now that I've kind of talked about some of the problems and ranted maybe a little too much. Um, now I'm going to talk about what are some things that can be tools that can help 
no matter where you are, whether you're listening to this and you're like, you know, thinking about having kids uh, or you're pregnant or you just gave birth or had kids now 10 years ago and you're still feeling like what's going on with me. Everything I share will be things that you can put into practice if it feels right for you and start to, again, reignite you, however that looks for you. Reignite whatever it is that needs to be turned back on, lit back up, fired back up so you can have, again, more joy both in and beyond motherhood. So I hope this was helpful. I would love to hear from you. You can check out my social media links in the show notes and shoot me a message, comment on something. Let me know what you're thinking. If any light bulbs went off, I would love to hear from you. I'll talk to you soon. Sending you much love and respect to you on your journey, wherever that is, and holding space for whatever the next chapter looks like for you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Renegade Motherhood Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, do me a favor and help me spread the word. I think all moms need to be hearing this information, no matter what age or stage you're in. So you can go ahead and hit subscribe, share it to your social feeds, or just let a friend know who you think would like to check this out. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok to continue the conversation. All the links you need to know are in the show notes. See you next time.